We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Coming to you live from a hotel room in Southern Pines, North Carolina, and a house in Dublin, Ireland. It's Adam and Andrew right back at you. Uh, to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, a series where the outcome... Uh, is expected when you face a team that's 21 and four at home and has the best record in baseball, you expect to, you know, come away with only one game in many cases, but the process, Adam, and the feeling that it brought about as these games were happening probably makes uh, the feeling afterwards a little more bitter than you would think, given the outcome and where they are in the standings. But before we get into all of that, how you doing, Adam? I like that Jersey. Thank you. I'm doing well, Andrew. I'm wearing like a, a retro Ireland Italian 90 style jersey. That's what Andrew's complimenting. Uh, just for all the people who can't see. But yeah, I mean, where am I at? The Brewers probably should have won this series on balance in terms of how the games played out. I feel like they probably just edged it. Uh, I mean, that's very empty, considering they didn't. They lost, and when it really came down to the crunch in one game in particular, 
the Rays did what they needed to do and the Brewers didn't. But it was it was certainly there for the Brewers is probably the best way of putting it, which feels like something we're seeing a lot of. Might just need to, particularly with the developing situation with injuries, 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 they might just need to take one of these series, you know, if they're giving themselves a chance, if it's okay, every three game series, they're going to win one, they're going to lose one, there's going to be one to pick them. They might need to kind of alternate between those and kind of play some 500 ball for, for a while to keep that going. It feels like that was there for them here and stealing a series on the road against a team that has been pretty spectacular to start the season would have been a real, real bonus was not beyond the reach of this team. And yet, they came out as narrow series losers. And that's disappointing. Not great. I mean, this isn't a series I think we're going to be overly down or beat ourselves or indeed the Brewers up about. But could have been better. And I don't mean that in just a broad, like hypothetical sense. I really think it could have been better. Yeah, and it's just one of the the what-if games that you play in a baseball season. Um you're a few uh, plate appearances away from winning an opening game against a good team, the best team in baseball, uh, based on record, and setting yourself up to win a series that you wouldn't otherwise normally expect to win. Um, especially, I think, with Adrian Hauser starting game one and Eric Lauer starting game two against a team that has just been so dominant at the plate this season you you worry that oh well here these are two games that we can't count on better you know hope the bats wake up and then when you get a good pitching performance in that first game and the bats do not do anything it can be a tough pill to swallow but like you said uh not in a terrible spot but just increasingly clear that uh weathering this storm in terms of injuries is not going to be easy and we'll get to that I guess right now, because we have some updates on those fronts, uh, Wade Miley obviously left the game uh, in St. Louis on Tuesday after one and two-thirds innings. At the time, it was uh, diagnosed as a lat strain, uh, but apparently it's not that. Um, the actual injury, uh, I'm looking for the name here. I had it pulled up. Adam, do you remember exactly what it was uh, called? Um, I, I have it free and just give me one second. It's loading. Um, Perfect. But the uh, it's so it's like a muscle strain on the back of the shoulder involving this. Yes. The, so the scapula the muscle by the so, scapula. OK, so council um, said the muscle involved controls movement of the scapula and is not a common throwing injury. So what they're saying now is expected to miss six, to eight weeks, but I guess given the fact that it's a unique injury for a baseball player, I'm, I'm going to guess that they're they're guessing as much as anything as best they can, just because I, of... To give you the quote, yeah, because this is more unknown side, there's going to be some wiggle room there. End quote. That's what Craig Council had to say on the recovery time frame. So, I mean, maybe we end up liking that wiggle room. I'm <laughs> My gut just cumulatively right now being worn down by all of the injuries that we probably don't. Yeah, I don't think we're going to. Um, I guess we can start. We can have this conversation now if you want to. Um, 
before we get into one more injury, I think, unless there's more I'm forgetting. Um, where do the Brewers go from here, Adam? Because in this series, we see another start where Eric Lauer can't go more than three innings and he allows three homers. Command and control is a problem and guys are taking him deep and he's not putting together competitive outings. Wade Miley out for six to eight weeks. Brandon Woodruff not coming back until June. Colin Ray has been recalled because J.B. Bukowskis is also hurt, so he's another option to factor into the rotation. But what do they say? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And at a certain point, and I think they were at this point a few weeks ago, the Brewers had determined that Eric Lauer cannot continue starting in this rotation, and you need to shift him to the bullpen and see what happens. And now injuries have forced their hand in keeping him in that rotation, and it's another bad start. Do they go to J- Jansen Junk here? Do they make a win-now move? Obviously, this is very early in the calendar when uh, for teams to start selling off uh, competent starting pitchers to the Brewers. But today, as we record this, it's a two-year anniversary of the Brewers addressing a need on their roster um, in the middle of a season. They made the trade for Willie Adamas. Obviously, now the need is in the pitching department. I guess I'll turn it over to you first. And like, where do you go from here? We've had a lot of conversations about uh, what the complexion of this roster looks like and where it needs improving. And I think right now the immediate answer, obviously we know the struggles of the lineup, but man, they just need guys that can go out and give them innings because they're the walking wounded right now. I mean, the I think the the line that Council trotted out on Lauer after game two, and we'll get into the details of the performance, it was just we're going to need Eric, which is just, it's fact that where they were in a position where they could put him to the bullpen and work through that more gradually and hopefully find a solution that was then just completely pulled away from them. And they've had to put him back in as a starter. I felt like a lot of the, you know, he looked so good. Great outing was overplayed because that outing did not end up great. It was very nearly great, but honestly, Right around the time an Eric Lauer start could go awry, it went awry in the bullpen too. Um, wasn't wasn't shocked by how you know that wasn't a magic cure all when he got back in there because it didn't seem like it at the time. And I think situation was different. He probably would have got another couple of outings in the bullpen. I don't know. The, the options aren't good. Um, is it worth trading for a starting pitcher? I don't know. That's um, a that's a Matt Arnold. What what are we really doing with this team and on what timeline question? Because if if it is just a matter of time before a blow up and it's gonna be see this season true, Corbin Burns is gonna be traded after that, and you're gonna look at a wider range of okay, what are we gonna change? Maybe it's not. Maybe you try to weather the storm, patch things together, and if you somehow win the division, I say somehow, I mean, the NL Central is pretty terrible, so it is in play. Um, you could be healthy by the postseason, and then anything is possible. I, That's one way of going about this, and honestly, that might be the bites at the apple approach, and if we're finishing out the bites at the apple era, that might be, might be what they see. Um in line with that maybe you maybe you get a bit more aggressive i know the reasons why the brewers don't like doing this and why they delayed doing it last year but 
do you do you take a look at someone like Robert Gasser? I don't think he's ready, but you're you're just going kind of deep and in weird spots into your system anyway that I don't I don't feel like there are good answers. I don't feel like there are right answers. It's interesting, even I've been thinking about it a little bit over honestly the last few series. The Eaton Small situation last year was obviously such a disaster, but we talked about it at the time. I think they handled that really, really poorly in a way that clearly has destroyed his confidence. They could do with that being in a better place. So it could just be like, look, you've got nothing to lose, kid. Uh, Eric Lauer is going to give up five runs on every game he plays, at least anyway. So go out there, try and find it, and maybe we can get you on the right track. I just... It would be great if there was an option like that ready to go. And I don't know, they may have to be bold with that. Otherwise, you are going out and you're you're dealing for someone. And the flip side of that too is what are you trading for? And if it works out when you do get to the playoffs, I mean the Brewers pitching depth would be ridiculous. I mean the look, I won't assume there wouldn't be injuries then because that would be irrational at this point given what we're going through but there is a chance that before the end of the season or that if the Brewers were in the mix by the postseason they could have all of their pitchers available um which I, I don't know it's a it's a tough tough decision to make and I, I think it can only really be informed by where they are right now on the decisions that go beyond this season yeah, but because you talk about, or I made the comparison to acquiring Willie Adamas, but the thing about Willie Adamas at that time is he had uh, team control for several more seasons. And is there a starting pitcher who is better than what you're getting out of your current mix with years of control available for a price that you want to pay? I doubt it. The guys available would probably be rentals on bad teams, if I had to guess, like someone that we've talked about in Discord a lot, like Lucas Giolito. Are they going to go and uh, pay in prospect capital what the White Sox want for you uh, one half season of Lucas Giolito? Um, I don't think so. So that shifts you to your internal options, which is continuing to let Eric Lauer sink or swim, or... Obviously, it looks like with the call-up of Colin Ray, um, thanks to the, or due to the Bukowskis injury, he will probably slot back into a spot in that rotation to fill things out with with Miley going down. Um, and if you're going to make a change with one of them, you've got options like Jansen Junk, who had been pitching well for a bit. And then uh, his last two outings, he's given up five earned runs in each of them. You talk about Ethan Small, it seems like they're pretty dead set on making him a reliever now, and he's like looking at box score guessing looks like he's been pretty good in that relief role this year. And then, like you said, the other option is Gasser who I guess the indications are he needs more seasoning in Nashville based on his early season um, performance. So there's a, lot, there's a lot of guys who need more seasoning though, who are just now in the mix. And that goes for the bullpen too. And like to the Eaton small part of that equation. It's like, yeah, we've, we've seen some, We've seen some bullpen guys who clearly were not at the level of Major League Baseball. Like, I, I'm fully in agreement with what you're saying, but I also think if they're going that route, they're already dealing with guys who just kind of 
maybe don't have the seasoning required, but also some guys who just will never have the seasoning required. And that makes me wonder, is it is it more worthwhile? I don't know. A, a guy who's 32, 33, just barely a major league player, going out and giving up six runs, or having someone who could actually learn and develop from the experience of being up around the big league team. I... I know, no, that's a tough thing, and particularly with pitchers, confidence can be so fragile. And but I, I think that's the kind of consideration they'd have to go. I think I would always lean towards well, okay, if neither of these options are ideal, is one of them potentially better for you in the medium to long term? And I think there are a few of those that the Brewers could turn to. But I, I'm going to guess they're going to try to tread water with kind of replacement level or below replacement level guys for as much as they can. If this were fantasy baseball and I was in charge and and money was no object, I would go out and make a bold win now move. But that's not how it works. Um, so I think, you know, we have this long discussion about where they go from here. And I think it's just going to be new Brewers rotation, same as the old Brewers rotation. Just run it back and see what happens. Gasser is an interesting one because even though his numbers do not look pretty for the start of the season at um, Nashville... Uh, I can't remember who says this, but there was it was either a coach, GM, or a writer uh, who said there's no such thing as a pitching process prospect. In that, if they're as close to ready as possible with their stuff, you let them figure it out at the major league level because they've only got so many uh, bullets, so to speak, in that mm-hmm. arm. Uh, so that's one school of thought there. My big, bold, out of the box, actually bad idea because you don't want to hamper his development. Uh, suggestion is carlos rodriguez who oh. is uh has a has a 287 ra and 37 and two-thirds innings in biloxi in biloxi oh yeah. oh yeah uh, the the uh the pearl of the southeast as i called it last week i mean he, he may have to be the next corbin birds for the brewers is the reality so i don't know that that one might be just will jump too far even for me I'm open to ideas, though, Andrew. I'm not gonna just. I'm not gonna rule anything out immediately. I'm. I'm open to ideas on this. Yes, I do not say that seriously because I do no, not I want know this. Don't. This guy's career to be ruined because they rushed him too long. But you know, late in the year, early next year, we could be having this conversation with Carlos Rodriguez if he keeps up this trajectory. So that's kind of exciting. And I mean, the other part of this is like we're just about to transition and talk about a really really great performance from adrian hauser we've all seen the adrian hauser movie enough times before to know that that is not necessarily how it's going to be every time so you can't just be like okay well lauer hasn't got it so you've got to worry about lauer and then there's the way miley spot in the rotation and there's the brandon Woodruff spot in the rotation we've got to cover those it's like adrian hauser is probably going to have some really bad starts um, or could just go through a, the kind of spell where you're like, Jesus, we don't want to be starting this guy. Like, that's something I think you've got to account for, too. You've got two starting pitchers that you can fully kind of puff your chest out and be like, yeah, those guys are good. <laughs> those guys, we don't need to worry. Sure, there may well be ups and downs, but they are starters. And you've really got three spots in flux, I mean, you've got three spots in flux, that means you're relying on having multiple guys who are going to have to give you long-release stints from the bullpen, too. 
Like that is that is a real challenge. And I think that might be something we have to keep in the back of our mind. I hope I'm wrong and it'd be great if Hauser's just great all season. Um, but I think the Brewers too, that is a potential problem that could just crop back up at any moment. It sure is, but we'll get to his good start in a moment. Uh, I did mention offhand that the Brewers placed J.B. Bukowskis on the 15-day IL with a cervical strain. Uh, Adam McAlvey uh, used uh, like the the common man's term to describe what it was, and it was he said whiplash, which uh, one of my favorite uh, Damien Chazelle movies, um, J.K. Simmons, Miles Teller. Nevertheless, uh, Colin Ray recalled from Nashville, and obviously with the news that we just talked about with Miley. I uh, would expect to see Ray back into the rotation uh, sooner rather than later. Moving on to the has, first game. Hasn't, this... Just one thing before you do that. Hasn't Luke Voigt gone out for a uh, rehab assignment as well? Which, I mean, I, I don't know if that's good news. But I, I do think it is something that happened. Well, there we go. Maybe he will pick up where Kesson Hero left off in Nashville. Uh, I haven't seen where they actually assigned him. It was it Nashville? I, I can't remember. I just I saw Okay. Uh, he was on well, the mend. Yeah. He was going on a rehab assignment. The injury was not fake, as many people speculate. It was a real injury, and he's doing his rehab. Well, there we go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Uh, moving on to the first game of this series, the Brewers head to just absolutely terrible Tropicana Field uh, to play the Tampa Bay Rays. 
some billionaire come give that team a ballpark they deserve. They're so good at baseball in that place is like Jeff Levering described it. Like you're in a casino and you can't see the outside world. You have no idea what time it is. Um, nevertheless, they played baseball there. Uh, Adrian Hauser on the mound against Shane McClanahan, like we said, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he looked like one of the best pitchers in baseball uh, during this game. Um, some, some big moments in this game where the Brewers just had chances uh to score runs and it it just didn't happen just like one aspect of the inning sent things awry the top of the second inning um with runners on first and second and no outs um brian anderson i believe um hits a a fly ball into uh right field josh Lowe throws out willie adamas trying to get to third mike bryce strikes out the innings over and just those little moments within the game gave Shane McClanahan a chance to just really lock in and take control of this game. McClanahan goes six innings pitch, six hits, no runs, one walk and seven strikeouts. His ERA is down to two zero five on the year. And like you said, uh, Adrian Hauser did match him uh, nearly step for step, but not quite. Hauser goes six innings, four hits, no runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Um, as you noted, uh, one of the things that, can help offset the loss and the poor performance from others in the rotation is if Hauser can raise his game to a level above what we've seen um, in the second half of last season, something uh, back to the 2021 version of Adrian Hauser. Um, But yeah, just two really great pitching performances and Brewers not able to get anything going with the bats. They have eight hits and they draw one walk and they can't get anything in. 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position, eight left on base. Uh, nothing going well with the bats other than getting guys on and then not getting them in. Yeah, it's just brutal. Um, the game, you've got to win when Adrian Hauser gives you that against McClanahan when you're going up against one of the best pitchers you're going to face all year and he pitches a jam and you get one in return from Adrian Hauser. You can't, at least you can't throw it away in the way that they did, which was so frustrating, which is, uh, I don't know, a slightly low catch. Is is that fair from Contreras to me? Just still something that I expect Willie Adamas to scoop pretty easily or at minimum to stop from going out to the outfield, which is really what costs. Yeah, I think that one's on the shortstop as a, person that played at the lowest level possible and was not very good if i was playing shortstop and i didn't at least keep that in front of me i'd be pretty disappointed with my work there but yeah just and then sack fly bang boom one nothing you lose a baseball game just brutal like you said the the process of it all you, you lose a game in Tampa Bay rays you're not upset about it but you just let one slip away yeah felt like felt like it was there for them and in the eight and the ninety. Runners on base, I think uh, runners on third in both the eighth and the ninth as well, and not able to score, which is just, it's so, so tough. Yeah, in the seventh, even Darren Ruff single, Brasso singles, so you've got runners on first and second with one out, and then Taylor and Weimer strike out swinging back-to-back. That ends McClanahan's day. Um, like you said, in the eighth, Owen Miller reaches on an infield single. Uh, Contreras strikes out, Miller swipes second. Yelich gets him to third with the ground out, and then Willie strikes out. Uh, and then, obviously, in the bottom of the eighth, that's when uh, Francisco Mejia's sack fly would score Luke Rayleigh after the aforementioned uh, throwing error by William Contreras. And then in the ninth inning, Pete 
Fairbanks comes on for the Rays. Jesse Winker singles. Uh, Terang pinch runs for him. Brian Anderson flies out. Uh, Rowdy strikes out. And then Terang ends up getting the third on that wild pitch. And then a uh, ground ball back to the pitcher by Tyron Taylor. Just nothing doing. Just giving you uh, bites at the apple. But uh, you don't want to bite at the apple. You want apple pie. And it just didn't come together. It sure didn't. Shall we look ahead to game two of the series, Adam? Yeah, why not? Yeah, this was the the struggling of Eric Lauer here continuing. Um, I don't know. Has he had a worse outing this season? I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But uh, this one felt about as, as bad as it got. Harold Ramirez he's, homers. In he's the- had a lot of bad outings. I mean, I just... Is it worse? No. Is it comparable to another couple? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of who he's been. Yeah, sadly. Harold Ramirez, homer in the first, makes it one nothing. Then in the second, Yandy Diaz, three-run homer, makes it 4 nothing. Uh, You can see why I really wanted Yandy Diaz all offseason, but you can also see why the Rays decided to uh, give him an extension instead. Uh, maybe not the best defensive player in the world, but the guy just gets on base and he mashes. It's, he's an impressive player. Uh, in the third, the Brewers get back into the game. Owen Miller uh, hits a home run to left field to make it 4-1. to then Brian Anderson in the fourth. Homer's scoring himself and Willie Adamas to make it 4-3. Uh, Christian Betancourt in the fourth uh, responds immediately by homering to center. Um, and I think that's uh, uh, Manny Margot would then single to left to score Taylor Walls. That makes it 6-3 to three, uh, after the fourth inning. In the seventh, Isak Paredes walks to score Luke Rayleigh to make it 7-3. And then another walk. The Taylor Walls um, scores uh, Wander Franco to make it 8-3. to three. Jake Cousins struggling with his command um, in that inning. Two-thirds, um, two hits, two runs there. Both earned three walks and a pair of strikeouts. Not great from him there. Uh, in the uh, eighth inning, uh, the one of the weird quirks of baseball is uh, Christian Yelich hits one straight up into the air on the infield. And it drops, allowing Bryce Terang to score. Um, and it, it was ruled because no one touched it. An infield single. Do I have that right, Adam? I think yeah, you said that's, uh, that's that's dumb. Figure out who to give to an error on the plate and just give them an error. Uh, maybe it was the Tropicana uh, field asterisk where you're having to stare directly up into the white tarp or whatever is up there. Like, God, what is just a terrible piece of shit ballpark. Um yeah, but that was all the Brewers would get. Trevor McGill pitches a, a scoreless eighth. Um, so a- after getting the last out of the seventh inning uh, and cleaning up Jake Cousins' mess there. Um, so nice start to Trevor McGill's Brewers career. like to see that. Um, Jason Adam ends up coming in in the ninth after the Brewers got some some runners on thanks to some walks. Uh, but Adam would get Caratini to pop out and strike out Owen Miller. 8-4 raise win. And really, just Eric Lauer gets them in a hole early, and uh, they're unable to completely get out of it. Six earned runs he gave up matches the six earned runs that he gave up in his second start of the season in St. Louis Cardinals, although this was a shorter start. He only went three innings, and this one he went four innings on that occasion. So, yeah. Not great. But you know what, Adam? We get to finish this podcast off on a promising note because they did at least 
avoid the sweep here. Uh, are we grasping at straws just to try and make ourselves feel better? Yes no. and no. They're still in first no. place. Um, uh, moving on to the final game of the series. On the mound for the Brewers, Freddie Peralta. The Rays opting for an opener in Jalen Beeks. And then Cooper Criswell, who we mentioned when we were looking at the uh, the Fangraphs starting pitching matrix at the end of the last episode, would follow him. Uh, Brewers score first. Willie Adamas hits a homer in the... Uh, second inning, a solo shot to right center field on the anniversary of his uh, trade from Tampa to Milwaukee. Uh, Rowdy Telez in the fourth would homer after a Darren Ruff double to make it 3 nothing Brewers in the fourth. Uh, then they would give that all right back in the bottom of the fourth as Josh Lowe homer scoring himself, uh, Randy Rosarena and Harold Ramirez. That makes it 3-3. But again, this this was like uh, the fourth and the fifth inning were like a, a ping pong game, Adam, of just the Rays and Brewers returning serve. The Brewers go in and get the lead right back on a William Contreras home run to center field to score himself and Owen Miller. Uh, Brian Anderson single scores Christian Yelich to make it six to three Brewers. Uh, the Brewer, or the Rays would try to get back into this baseball game. Josh Lowe singles in the eighth to score a Rand, Randy Arozarena. A uh, tough day for Peter Shreslecki again after um, being on the mound when everything that could go wrong did. And Friday night's game, uh, after low singles to score Rose Reina, he hits Luke Rayleigh with a pitch. Um, his second hit batter of the inning, the inning started with, or the inning started with a Brandon Lau flyout, but then Randy Rose Reina gets hit by a pitch. It was reviewed. It looked to me like it got the knob of the bat. His pinky is kind of wrapped around the knob when he hits, so questionable there. Craig Council challenged uh, the ruling on the field, but it stood. I, I don't know about that one. We'll need to see it again on a on a bigger screen, not my laptop or my phone. Uh, with Rayleigh on and Josh Lowe on first, and Ray, or excuse me, with Josh Lowe on second and Rayleigh on first, Devin Williams comes in to try and record a two-out save or a four-out save. I'm all over the place. This hotel room, the air conditioner just turned on. Uh, Manny Margot would walk. Uh, Devin, you know, has a flair for the dramatic. And then Isak Paredes grounds to third base. Owen Miller takes a little bit of a bobble and then fires it over to Bryce Serang, who stretched out to make the play and uh, save the inning from continuing. Uh, a, a shaky moment there, but uh, nice work by Owen Miller to compose himself, Devin Williams to compose himself, and Bryce Serang to hold the base there at second. Yeah, nice to see Devin Williams again have to record uh, uh, and more than three out save. It's uh, Andrew. We could argue it's becoming a little too common that when Devin Williams comes into a game, the Brewers are like, "Yeah, we need you to get five. We need you to get four. You might just have well, to go have new, two innings." I have a new theory, Adam. I, I think the eighth inning role is cursed. We saw what happened with Matt Bush, Peter Stresselecki, uh had a great start to the season and now has had um, a few hiccups here or there. I think, I think the setup man role is just cursed. I don't know. We need to perform an exorcism. That seems drastic. Um, uh, there might've been some regression with Peter Strzelecki. I think Matt Bush is just bad. Uh, that, that would be my read on what we've seen so far of the eight inning role, but Hey, Devin. Devin just doesn't really bat an eye. He comes in, he does what he needs to do and keeps showing the road. Uh, shout out to Yo Piamps for good work in the seventh. 
continues to be very, very solid. I was not trusting in him really all along. I'm starting to trust in him. Does that mean it's inevitable that my trust is going to be broken soon? Who can say? But look, he's, he's put in good work long enough now where you kind of got to believe some of what you're seeing. Um, better hitting. Nice to see some home runs. Also, I mean, yeah, going with a... Going with a, a bullpen day, essentially, or an opener that's left-handed. So Rowdy was, what was he, fifth in the order? Guess what? When he's out there, right-hander comes in, you're ready to hit a homer. He also walked off of the lefty, too. Uh, I don't want to go back to this, but this was, again, I mean, going into the start of this series, we're looking at, like... Rowdy hasn't played, like, started five out of six games or four out of five at that point, and there's just no logic to it. Went through it last time, but the numbers the numbers don't add up. He's hitting lefties better than all of the the right-handers that Craig keeps insisting on replacing him with, and the Brewers are really stretched. And at a certain point, you just need to load up, and yeah, I think you need Contreras in your lineups and you need Rowdy and Willie and Brian Anderson. You need to give yourself as many home run chances on a given day. Particularly when we just need to again highlight them when Owen Miller just is an absolute machine. 872 OPS now for Owen Miller. He's been phenomenal. Really, really phenomenal. Making great defensive plays. He he nearly, nearly had a had a troublesome one with a very high throw, but as we talked about before, the other benefit of when Rowdy is out there is Rowdy is a very, very tall man. And uh yeah, when he when he puts that paw up there, he can catch even some some pretty high and hot ones going over his head. I mean, we we talk about the obvious things and that he's been on an unexpected uh tear with the bat. Um but in that Saturday Saturday game as well made two really nice plays at third base and I really uh, nice. um I had been more impressed with his defense at second than third in the early going. But you know what? He's just he'll slot into whatever spot in the lineup you want him to be in and he'll go out and he'll do his job. Uh hitting streak up to 13 games is on base on base streak up to 22 games. So during a period when guys that you expect on this roster to carry some sort of load in terms of getting on base uh have been struggling he is really shown up uh and i don't know if you know this adam uh he's from wisconsin a lot of people are saying and talking about it now i think it's great that he's from wisconsin like it it's one of those things that is not so fun when he's terrible you know if it's if he was terrible and he lingered around for years after the fact that no one wanted him there <clears throat> steve novak um but when he comes up and it's like, oh, they've gone and they've acquired this guy. He's a local. And then he just produces? Is it 21 games, 22? On 22 base? games on base, 13 games hitting streak. Like, the kind of consistency that honestly we haven't seen too much of from any brewer over the last two years. Like, streaks of that length. So, very, very welcome. Yes, it was. Uh, the Brewers finish out this series by grabbing a win. Like you said, the homers. Um, just enough uh, on the pitching front. Devin getting out of trouble. And Freddy Peralta wasn't wasn't great. 
Like he had trouble with the walks, the, the three walks, five hits, um, only struck out four. The big home run to Josh Lowe, who's having just a tremendous season. He was three for four today. He's averaged up to 318, 375, 652 slug. And obviously he had that throw in game one uh, that got Willie Adamas. Josh Lowe looks like he's going to be an absolute monster um, and turn into the player that everyone thought um, he was going to be uh, when he was a prospect. A- an interesting uh, just sort of a, a guy in that last year um, when he was caught up for his first full rookie season, he kind of struggled. 627 OPS, only played in 52 games, 181 at-bats during a year when maybe everyone expected him to factor into the lineup more permanently, and he's finally been doing that this year. So maybe uh, maybe room for hope uh, for some of the rookies that the Brewers um, have been getting a lot of playing time this season, and we've been seeing them scuffle. Sometimes it you know it takes a little bit more time to, to really lock in and become the player that you were always going to be. That's neither here nor there. Um, shall we uh, take a look at the Master Brewer leaderboard, Adam? Let's do it. All right. So for this series, the Milwaukee Brewers against the Tampa Bay Rays, Adrian Hauser gets a beer, six innings pitch, one walk, four hits, no runs, four strikeouts. Yoel Piamps, two innings pitch, one hit, no runs, two Ks. Devin Williams, one and a third innings pitch, that four out save, two walks, no runs. Uh, Bryce Wilson came in after um, Eric Lauer was struggling and kept the Brewers in the game. Three innings pitch, two hits, no runs. Owen Miller, the aforementioned, got that hitting streak up to 13 games, on base streak up to 22 games, four for 13, one homer, a double, two runs, one RBI. William Contreras, three for nine, the big homer today, a run scored, two RBI. Darren Ruff makes his uh, first appearance on the Master Brewer leaderboard, starting to find uh, that opposite field swing. Three for six with a walk, a double, and one run. Rowdy Tellez just one for six at the plate, but that one was a homer, and he walked three times. Two RBI, one run, making things happen. Brian Anderson, three for nine, also three walks, a homer, one run, three RBI. And now leaderboard update for the season. Devin Williams leads the way with 11. Rowdy Tellez, Brian Anderson, Peter Shrezwicki with eight. Christian Yelich, Bryce Wilson, Yoel Pimes with seven. Willie Adamas, William Contreras with six. Owen Miller. Corbin Burns, Hobie Milner, Fred Peralta, Bryce Terang, Wade Miley, Garrett Mitchell, and Joey Weimer on five beers. Elvis Peguero at four. Jesse Winker, Victor Caratini, Eric Lauer with three. Brandon Woodruff, Gus Varlin, Javi Guerra, Jake Cousins, Colin Ray, Tyron Taylor with two. Luke Voigt, Mike Brasso, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Trevor McGill, Darren Ruff, and Adrian Hauser with a single beer. Adam, anything else to add before we look ahead to the upcoming week? Let's look ahead. Let's look ahead. Um, the good opponents keep coming for the Milwaukee Brewers, Adam. So we've got some, uh, I'll call it a fun matchup against the defending world champion, Houston Astros, uh, who are starting to find their way into this season. Um, as you noted to me um, uh, earlier in the week, it looks like Jose Altuve is returning. Is that right? I don't remember if uh, we got any final updates on when he makes his return to the lineup. I think he, I didn't check, but I think he should be back now. He was, I think he was due to come back in the series before the Brewers. But I'll, I'll check that now. Uh, Monday, May. Oh, yeah. So they're playing a AAA team preceding this. Um, Monday, May 22nd, 640 Central Start. Uh, Corbin Burns against Christian Javier. Uh, 
Tuesday, May 23rd, 640 Central start. Right now, not seeing a listed starting pitcher for the Brewers, but I, I guess that would be Colin Ray. Do I have that right? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, against JP France. And then Wednesday, 1210 Central start. Adrian Hauser on the mound for the Brewers, taking on Brandon Bilak. Uh, not familiar with his game, as Shaq would say. Uh, then the Brewers will take on the San Francisco Giants with four for for four games before heading out on a road trip to Canada and Cincinnati. But a uh, tough road trip, but return home uh, this week for a seven-game homestand, and uh, maybe they can get some wins against a good team and and really go from there and start to start to turn their fortunes around. But obviously, the the injury luck has been uh, a bit concerning, and uh, we're sick of talking about it. Jose Altuve has played two games, okay. um, most recently having a hit and two walks in four plate appearances. So, yeah, he's back. He's going to find a groove and hopefully not too much of a groove against the Brewers. Yeah, um, I guess that just about does it for us this week, Adam. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's always fun to talk about the Brewers, even when they stress us out. I th- I thought I was you know I thought the outro was getting hijacked again, which always makes me nervous. I'm like, what is what is going on here? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not trying to steal your job. You're, that was you're a... just you're just hacking people. Okay. Yeah, you know, I just I never want to lose sight that, uh, or I never want to f- forget to say that I'm appreciative of all the people that listen and talk to us. That's nice. I'm sure they appreciate your appreciation. That does it for us for this week. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. That's Cruising for a Bruising. Of course, check out the rest of the GSPN shows. That's the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed for all things Milwaukee books. Talk to Tundra for all things Packers. And make time for this for all things movies, pop culture. Do, do we have an episode coming up on that, Adam? <laughs> we do. I think if you can, can you, if you, can you go and see something? Is that something you've got? You know, yeah, got the worst? might. I might be headed to the to the cinema just as soon as Brooks Kafka ends up winning this golf tournament. Uh, yeah, we've got an episode on Bo's Afraid and the films of Ari Aster, Hereditary, Midsommar, you might have heard of them. I'll be on make time for this later this week, so keep an eye there. And yeah, for everything else we do across your step podcast network, go to gspn.info. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Adam. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.